7.20, and it's afternoon in Kiev. Let's go to Ukraine now, and Joseph Lindsley. And, Joe, it's hard to believe uh, this has been going on for two years now. How are you today? Bob, good afternoon from Kiev. Yeah, two, two years, and actually, really, 10 years. Uh, it, it was 10 years ago today, February 21st, uh, when the you know, Ukrainians had been standing in the main square of Kiev and cities around the country, and really, since November 21st, 2013, and all these months later, they stood through the winter. And uh, 10 years ago from today, uh, the then president, Yanukovych, uh, made an agreement with the opposition in parliament. This was brokered in, uh, with the help of some European officials and others. And uh, Yanukovych had uh, ostensibly agreed to make some reforms to meet some of the demands of the protesters uh, to limit the power of the presidency. But when the people in the main square here at the Maidan, uh, that ancient Persian word that means main square, uh, the gathering place or square, when they heard about the agreement with Yanukovych brokered with the help of Europe, the people in the square said, no, they said, we refuse. You need to go. Hmm. And in, in a matter of hours, uh, so right about at this very time, actually, it's about 330. Uh, everything began to change dramatically. Uh, the, the riot police and the military began to disappear from the city. Uh, so just days before they had been shooting the protesters, um, uh, the, the, more than 77 protesters were killed uh, the preceding day. Later, they would come to be they would uh, be known as the the heavenly hundred, uh, those Ukrainians who sacrificed their lives uh, during the Maidan protests. But within a few hours, all of a sudden, the main government buildings were abandoned. The authorities fled. Uh, the poli- some of the police joined the protesters. And this was happening in cities all over the country. Uh, people in, in Lviv or Ivano-Frankivsk uh, began to peacefully uh, uh, overtake these now empty government buildings. Uh, in some cases, entire police forces uh, joined with the protesters and the regime uh, fell. And it, uh, tomorrow I, well, I'll go into the history of exactly what happened uh, with Yanukovych. But uh, so it was this dramatic day where because the protesters, which was you know a wide spectrum of Ukrainian society, uh, because they had stood there in that main square and refused to budge, uh, even in the face of bullets, uh, they they were able to 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 transform uh, to transform their society and, and, and to take you know it, it wasn't even just so many people interpret this as they were trying to be part of Europe, uh, but they wanted a real democracy where the people are in charge, and the many of the protesters did not go into government. You know, even the leaders of the of the protest. Uh, they went back to their civilian lives, uh, doing you know whatever, whatever they wanted to do with their lives. That was their dream, and because of those protests, uh, it created this new sort of branch of government in Ukraine. So every and, and this even applies now in the wartime. Every time uh, there there's a tense political situation, that word Maidan is, is is in the air, and and it's it's a haunting term for anyone in power because they know that Ukrainians have this. This additional check and balance called the Maidan, the public square. And so if they ever get pushed to the limit, there's always that possibility uh, that people will take uh, take to the public square. And, and so th- and this is this is what th- this whole war is about. I mean, had those protesters not been there, uh, you know, had they given up, there would be no war today because Russia would totally control uh, the government uh, here as, as it did before the Maidan. And, you know, Putin uh, in his uh, conversation or lecture to Tucker Carlson a few weeks ago, you know, said that this war is about 2014. 
and, 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 and indeed it is. And, and, and the, the Kremlin has tried to spin this as, uh, you know, it was, it was created by the State Department, by that one woman, Victoria Newland. Uh, they do everything they can to erase uh, the fact that Ukrainians resisted. And, and even as I look at, you know, the, 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 what the headlines are this week, right, with so many people are talking about uh, the death of Navalny. Uh, as you mentioned yesterday, Bob, you know, at a U2 concert, they were chanting Navalny's name. Uh, even I saw the comedian Jim Gaffigan on Twitter. He's not very political, usually tweeted a, a loving tribute to Navalny. And, 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 and this has many Ukrainians frustrated. They feel that their whole story is being erased, uh, even in the eyes of those who defend Ukraine. Because everyone's talking about this one Russian Navalny, who, by the way, in some ways supported uh, Putin taking Crimea uh, in 2014. And, and they said, look at what we've done. Our entire nation has rejected Russian tyranny, uh, unlike the Russians. And, and it gets completely erased and mm. missed uh, from, from the consciousness, even of people who like Ukraine. That's, that's a very good point. Uh, what do you know about this Russian pilot uh, who defected to Ukraine, then moved to Spain, and now believed to have been murdered? I don't know much about it, but you know, there was, this was earlier. Uh, I think I think it was in 2022 when he defected, and he had been in touch with Ukrainian with the SBU, Ukrainian Security Services, and and he landed his helicopter on you know free Ukrainian soil, and uh, and, and then Ukrainians welcomed him. Uh, but they, and, and they promised to protect him. He chose to go to Spain. Uh, Ukrainian officials said that if he had stayed here, he would have been safe. But, you know, well, once you're across the borders, I mean, and I, I've thought this often. I mean, you know, there are Russian operatives uh, in, in everywhere from Paris to Madrid to Prague. Uh, in, so, in many ways, if you're in favor of Ukraine, you're safer uh, in a city like Lviv than you would be uh, in, in continental Europe. Hmm. And uh, as we uh, talk about uh Things in Europe and manipulation of of news. Uh, I I don't know how many people have heard about these the the Polish uh, farmers who are protesting uh, and and blocking. They're continuing to block uh, the border for for goods and even sometimes for people uh, to come and go through Ukraine. And and they're dumping the the grain um, on the ground. And the uh, Polish consul general in Lviv, uh, Eliza Zivankiewicz, uh, I've met her before. Uh, she said, issued a statement today. She said, she's in Lviv. I can no longer remain silent for the love of my own motherland, meaning Poland. I cannot pretend that I do not see these disgraceful actions of Poland on the Polish-Ukrainian border. I apologize to you, dear Ukrainian friends. Uh, that's Eliza Zvonkevich, the Polish consul general in Lviv. And this is, you know, we, the, the Russians know how to play our american especially our american but our western discourse very well when when many people in america hear of the polish farmers they say oh we want to support them you know this is these are these movements of resistance against the machine when the farmers you know they're they're of the earth and, and it's really a, it's a brilliant move to to now to have them against ukraine to try to make ukraine look like the bad guys uh, uh and 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 so th there's a lot of suspicion that russian operatives are inflaming uh, the, the you know who are behind uh, these protests of of dumping grain out um, um, you know at the border and the, the, one of the complaints is that the well, it's because the price uh, uh, you know the, the price of grain has gone down well part of that is because when there was the blockade uh, last year the price of grain was incredibly high uh, and, and so it's sort mm -hmm. of stabilizing so all this stuff is being sort of manipulated uh, here 
you know, during the week of the 10-year anniversary of Ukraine's Maidan revolution and the two-year anniversary of Ukraine holding on, and, and, and it seems that there there's are attempts to, to obscure Ukraine's successes uh, with the Russian propaganda. Uh, Joseph, before we let you go, uh, I want to share this text with you. I don't remember exactly what you said on Friday, but uh, one of our listeners said, I hope Joseph is not giving away state secrets. Uh, by the way, this is very good reporting from Joe. <laughs> I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I don't recall. Well, I, I don't think so. But, you know, one, speaking of the propaganda, Bob, it is incredibly tricky. So sometimes a lot of people have experienced this. You'll see people who will praise you. Uh, or praise different, you know, stories about Ukraine, mm-hmm. and then they they insert something that undermines, and it, it'll mm. say, "Oh, but why? Why we, you know, great job reporting on Ukraine, but why are you why are you uh, revealing state secrets?" Mm. Uh, could very easily be an effort of, of Russian propaganda. And I mean, if anyone who studied going back to Soviet times, they are incredibly savvy at this, uh, at breaking people's spirits and and at, and at undermining. Uh, voices who who they they want to silence, uh, and this this is this is why it can be very tiring, uh, you know, to 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 sh- reveal the truth uh, mm-hmm. through all the noise. Yeah, yeah, I know, and we really appreciate what you uh, what you're doing there in Ukraine. Stay strong, stay safe, Joe. We'll talk tomorrow. Great, I'm about to catch the train. I missed my train this morning because the Ukrainian trains are always on time. But I'll speak to you from from Kharkiv tomorrow. All right, have a great uh, journey and a safe one. Thank you very much.